Well, have you ever had a conversation start like this? Are you even listening? Uh, husbands in the room, raise your hand. Because uh, it's happened to me, and I hope that I'm not the only one who has had a conversation start like that. Now, I, I'm confident that the person who was talking to me said something before then. I just have no idea what it was. So for me, the conversation started with, are you even listening? And unfortunately, while I may not be the only one who's had that, uh, <laughs> that thing happen to them in a conversation uh, with their spouse, I know I'm not the only one who feels like that sometimes when hearing from God. See, uh, C.S. Lewis has this really popular quote where he says that God shouts to us in our pains. And I think for some of us, myself included, we tend to only hear God when he's shouting rather than listening for him in the still, soft, quiet voice. It tends to be more like, a, a Dan, are you even listening? At least that's what it's like for me. And that's why we're doing this series called Whispers, because we don't want to just hear God when he's shouting. We don't want to just hear it when it hurts. We want to hear from God in the times where he's speaking to us before it gets to that point. Now, this is where I could ask for an amen, and we have people. So amen? amen? There we go. You're all here. This is excellent. Well, last week, Pastor Chris started this series off by taking us through this idea that God is speaking, and we have to filter what he's saying through the noise of the world, right? And he told us that our good shepherd is the one who's speaking to us, and we need to learn to distinguish his voice from that noise and from what's all around us. Well, today we get to talk about what it looks like to listen to God through scripture. And so that's what I intend to do because I don't know about you guys, but for me in 2020, I've had a lot of moments where I feel like I've been in a lose-lose situation. Has anyone felt like that? I don't know if you guys have felt like that, but like I've felt like there's no good options. And I've really wanted like, God, if you could just come and tell me which bad choice to choose here, that would be really, really helpful to me. Uh, unfortunately, that's not often how God works, yet if we learn to listen through scripture, he does have something to say to us in those moments and in those times. And we don't have to wait. This is available to us now with smartphone Bibles, literally at our fingertips at all times of the day. And so let's dive in here and turn our attention to how do we listen for the whispers of God through scripture? Now, b- before we get there, I want to say that I truly believe that God speaks through his word. Amen. Amen. But, but sometimes we have to learn how to listen, how to approach God's word before we can even get to seeing what God says in there and getting to that point. So I'm going to give you three principles that I've learned in trying to listen for the whispers of God in scripture. And I want to encourage you to to take these uh, for the lessons they've been to me, and then we'll get to those moments in scripture. Does that sound good? Okay. So number one uh, is this, that listening is learned. Listening is learned. Uh, I don't know if anyone in this room has a toddler. I don't know if anyone listening online has a little one at home. But before I had toddlers, I used to encounter them in the world. And they would talk to me. And I would have no idea what they're saying. It would be this like language that's all their own, where it's like babble and words. Like little Timmy would run up to me and be like, blah, 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 blah. and I'd be like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. And his mom would be next to him and she'd be like, oh, he just wants his stuff funny. And she'd hand it to him and he'd be like, yay, thank you. And because that's the only word that kids know. And then he would run away. And I'd be like, there's no way that she understood what he was saying. Like that's made up. But I saw it like time and time again, that parents somehow understood what their kids were saying, where I had no idea. And then I had kids of my own and my kid would say something and someone would be like, I don't know what they're saying. And I'd be like, oh, she wants this. Like, everything's fine. And they'd be like, how did you understand her? It's like magic. And I realized 
that I grew up, or this kid grew up with me, right? I've spent so many hours listening to her talk that even though she talks differently than the rest of us, I've learned her language. She is speaking English, but she does it in a way that's different. She's still learning to communicate. It's incomprehensible until you learn how to listen. Now, a lot of people think the Bible is incomprehensible. A lot of times we approach the Bible in the same way and we say like, God isn't talking through this, but I think if we learn how to listen, that God has a lot of things to say. My hope for us is that we learn to listen because the Bible says that God has more thoughts for us than the sands are on the shore. And I want to hear from that God, not just in the painful moments, but every time he has words for me. So just like listening to the babbling kid, we need to spend time with the author. We need to spend time with the Lord and spend time in this book and in this text to learn how to listen. Does that make sense? So I want us to say that before we even can hear from God, we need to deliberately practice listening, like trying to understand a toddler's babbling, if that sticks in your hand. Hopefully that's helpful. That's number one. Listening is learned. Number two is this. Listening involves a soft heart. If I learned anything over the last 18 months, it's that it's really hard to listen or to talk to someone if they already have their mind made up. Whether it's conversations about COVID or politics or masking or vaccines or the host of other super annoying controversial issues that we've had to talk about, I know what it's like to be on both sides of the conversation where I don't want to hear the answer that they're giving or they don't want to listen to me because they've already decided that they're right on this. If we go to scripture with our mind already made up, I don't think we're going to hear a word from the Lord. We're going to hear a word from, from ourselves or nothing at all. If we can't go to scripture with that soft heart, then we're going to be forced to hear what God is saying when he's shouting it in a painful situation. And I don't want that for you. And I don't want that for me. So number one was listening is learned. Okay. Some of you are listening. That's good. Maybe this is your learning experience. Uh, number two is that you have to listen with a soft heart. Listening requires a soft heart. Now, Number three is kind of a recap of what Pastor Chris led us to last week, and it's combining both of these, that we have to learn to distinguish the voice of God. We have to learn to distinguish the voice of the one who is speaking. Uh, or the way I wrote it down is listening means recognizing the speaker. Um, it means differentiating between God's voice and ours. Sure, in my experience, you know, God saves those audible uh, talking to Abraham, go to the land that I will show you moments for someone else. I haven't had one of those. Uh, maybe you've been blessed enough to have them. Instead, I have to listen as I'm praying, as I'm engaging in scripture, as I'm spending time with the Lord for that still soft whisper. And I have to say, is this me or is this God? As Chris told us last week, we have to distinguish the voice of the shepherd. And while you're not going to be there if you're just starting on this journey, it is beginning to do that and intentionally practicing that that will allow us to hear the whispers of God in Scripture before they become shouts. All right, did those three make sense? Are you guys with me? You with me online? Awesome. I think if we're willing to put those into practice, then we'll begin to hear God in examples like what I'm going to show you here uh, from this point on. So with those in mind, let's actually look at the ways that God speaks through Scripture to us. The first is that God speaks through scripture by bringing scripture to mind in these intentional moments. God speaks through scripture by bringing scripture to mind. Uh, the example that, that I'd like to look at today is where Jesus goes into the wilderness in Matthew chapter four, right? Jesus begins his ministry or he's about to, he gets baptized and he gets sent to the wilderness for 40 days to fast and pray. Uh, 
Uh, and in there, he has this encounter with the devil. Let's read these verses from Matthew chapter 4, verse uh, 4 through 11. It says this. Okay, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so we have this moment where Jesus responds to temptation, responds to adversity, responds with scripture that's come to mind for him, that it is directly applicable to the moment that he's in. And he does it not just once, but all three times he's tempted here in Matthew chapter four, he uses scripture. Now, I don't know if you guys have had similar experiences, but for me, the more I'm immersed in scripture, the more time I spend in it, the more regular I am at listening for God, at spending time reading his word, the more often stuff like this happens to me. The more often that a verse that I've read will just pop to mind at a moment where I'm like, wow, that totally applies here. And I don't know why that just came into my head, but I'm going to share it with this person or like, oh, I really needed that. That's going to keep me from doing this stupid thing that I was about to do. There are times that scripture pops up to aid us when we are in it regularly. Now, it can do that just from like a random thing that you read this week, but it can also be a, a tool that we put in our arsenal by memorizing it. Uh, those memorized verses are the ones that come to mind for me more regularly because, uh, again, I've, I've been more immersed in them. Uh, when I was uh, a kid, I memorized Psalm 23 that, you know, Chris even referenced this last week, the power of those words. Uh, and for me, the moments that Psalm 23 pops up are the moments where I'm most uh, afraid. Uh, say the dentist's chair. Uh, I have had many times to repeat Psalm 23 while getting a root canal or whatever painful, not many root canals, just several, uh, whatever painful moment it may be. Uh, but it's also the thing that I repeated while my kids were, you know, we, we were in the hospital for my, waiting for my kids to arrive. Uh, it's something that God whispered through as I memorized and repeated it. Uh, it's not that God had to speak again. He had already said through, through David, uh, the Lord is your shepherd. But it's almost like as I repeated those words, I could feel like God's hands on my shoulder, like I'm here, I am. God can whisper through those moments where scripture just pops into mind or through the times that we've memorized something and it pops up. Uh, another example from fairly recently for me was uh, I've just you know, had a few really, really terrible bad days. You know, those kind of days where like everything goes wrong and then like, you're like, what else could go wrong? And then that goes wrong. And then it's almost comical. Like what else could go wrong? And then that goes wrong. Like, has anyone experienced this? Yeah. And so you have those kind of days and, and you're like at this point where you can go like totally down and just throw a pity party for yourself. And there's really no option because it can't get worse, but you still feel terrible. In that moment, I have James chapter one pop into my head, right? Consider it pure joy, brothers, when you face trials of many times, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And that pops in my mind and I have the immediate reaction, like, come on, that's the verse? Like, <laughs> this feels more like shouting, God, right? Uh, and yet I'm, I'm met with a moment here where I can decide to follow that verse where it leads or I can ignore it, go the other way. And so ultimately, uh, whether it's moments like that where it just pops into your head or something you've memorized. These are little examples where scripture can be used by God to whisper to you in those intentional moments. And, and like Jesus, these aren't just positive examples either. Scripture can also be a defense, a filter, a guardrail against what is not the voice of God. 
I mean, look at this example here. We have, we have uh, the devil saying, hey, Jesus, do this thing that you shouldn't do. And Jesus is like, no, uh, Deuteronomy 8, uh, man should not live by bread alone but by every mouth that comes from the word of the Lord, right? Isn't it fascinating that he even uses the Bible, references God's word. There's so much there that I wish we had time to get into. But in the next example, uh, the devil tries to throw scripture back at him. And Jesus again uses scripture to dismantle that attack. It's because Jesus knows the word of God that he can say what is and what isn't. And so there are times where God's word can pop up and act as that defense as well against people speaking what isn't true, what isn't God's word. And we will come to that again. Um, but I, I just want to point out that's part of the reason that, that Jason and Chris and I will say to you guys, fact check us on this. Like go back and see, double check us in scripture because I don't want you to listen to my voice. I want you to hear the voice of God. And the way to know if it's the voice of God is, is it consistent with what he's already said? At least one very strong way. Does that make sense? Are you guys all with me? I hope you're with me as well online. And so that is number one here that uh, that we see God speaking in moments that pops up through Scripture. We see it in Matthew four with Jesus, and we see it elsewhere as well. Number two is that God speaks through Scripture um, by means of conviction at the moment of hearing. God speaks through Scripture by means of conviction at the moment of hearing. And this is kind of what we hope happens, you know, when we're speaking, uh, when we're, we're giving a message on Sunday morning that God kind of does that thing that he does. If we look at uh, examples from, from scripture here, like one that popped to mind for me immediately was where Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, right after he's come back and he's walking with these two guys. And it says that he explained the, all the moments in scripture where uh, that point to him. And it says, and when he leaves, he's like, did our hearts not burn within us? Like that idea of like, uh, and, and if you felt this, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you hear the word and it just cuts you. It just gets you. Uh, I imagine it's what the people that heard Jesus when he first steps up in the synagogue and reads the Isaiah scroll and, and says like the time of the Lord's favor is at hand and says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And they're all like, what? <laughs> like, nah! And some people want to like stone him. And some people are probably like amazed and ready to worship him. It's what happens when the Pharisees come at Jesus with all these different attacks. And he says to them over and over in Matthew 12 and 19 and 21 and 22, have you not read? Have you not heard? He says, here's the scripture for you. I can only imagine what they felt in that moment. Conviction. Maybe a better example of this, uh, and the one that like in preaching class we always talk about and like dissect is, is Peter, uh, where Peter speaks in Acts chapter two, right? Where like the, the Holy Spirit descends at Pentecost and they're all speaking in different languages and, and they go out there and Peter addresses the crowd and he gives this sermon. And in the sermon, he basically quotes scripture and says, you guys killed Jesus, the, the son of God. And their response to this is, in Acts 2.37, it says they were cut to the heart. And I've looked at that sermon. It is not like the, the perfectly crafted thing. It is, and yet they were cut to the heart as he accuses them of murdering the son of God. That is the Lord using his word to convict in the moment of hearing. And again, this is what I hope happens when I'm up here. Not that you remember some like witty thing that I said, not that you remember the way that I arranged this or, or get all your sermon notes right. I hope that when we talk about and reference and read scripture, that God cuts to the heart and convicts us on the things that we need to hear that he wants to whisper to us. 
And so that is one example from scripture. For me specifically, again, trying to give you an example of what this looks like for me. Uh, this is James chapter one, right? I referenced how I had that day and I wanted to go to, or I, I had that little bit from James chapter one hit me. Well, I had that day again, not quite as bad, but same thing. And I wanted to go to the pity party and what, what to my wondering eyes should appear, but James chapter one again pops up in my head, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'm prepping for this sermon. Like I should listen to the prompting of God and read James chapter one. And I read James chapter one. And not only do I feel that moment of conviction, but I got a sliver of peace because God doesn't just lead us there to leave us in this heartfelt, heart-wrenching spot, but he wants to whisper good things to us as well. And so I, I want to encourage you, uh, we don't have time to do it now, but go back and read James chapter one and see what God might've said to me and see what he says to you. It's really a beautiful section of scripture. And so God speaks uh, at, that, at that moment where he brings scripture to mind. He speaks in the moment of us initially hearing. And then there's a third way that God speaks as well. He speaks in the process of returning to his word and dwelling in it. God speaks through the process of returning to the word. Um, you know, I was talking with Chris about this message and we were talking about life verses and how, uh, you know, some people pick life verses and, and how maybe like it'd be better to pick verses for a season because like one life verse might not fit forever. And I was like, I picked life verses for my kids. Did I ruin my kids? And uh, we didn't actually say that, but that's what I thought inside. Um, but I was thinking about the verse that, that I've had that, that was kind of my life verse. Uh, for those of you who know my story, you know that I was all set to be a, a computer scientist, right? I, I loved computer programming. That's what my dad did. But when I was 18, I had the thought of like, wow, if Jesus changes everything, then I need to respond to that. And like, oh my goodness, I've had this thought just now when I'm like 18 years old and I grew up in the church. I want people to have that sooner. And I got the opportunity. I told my youth pastor, she's like, great, maybe you should be a pastor. You should preach on Sunday. I was like, what? Anyway, that's a whole other story for a whole other time that I wasn't planning on sharing all of. But uh, the message that I shared there and the thing that prompted me to this was Romans chapter 12. And I, I think we have it here as well. Let me read it for you. Romans chapter 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed any longer, or do not be conformed to, the, uh, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And I kind of took that as like, man, offer my body as living sacrifice to God. Maybe that means my vocation. Maybe that means I just need it to be a pastor and follow where he leads. And that was kind of what I did, where I chose the college I went to and where I chose what I was doing. And, and I probably used that verse to drown out a lot of other whispers of God. Be like, got it, living sacrifices, got it. No, I'm doing it, God, I got it, I got it. But eventually I let Romans 12 go. But then I had this conversation with Chris and I was thinking about this message. And I said, I'm gonna go back to Romans chapter 12. You know, I've been there time and time again, but I'm gonna go back and see if there's something fresh and there's something new. And what God did, what God said in those verses is something that he does often when we return to scripture, when we dwell on it, when we let God breathe life through the same passages over and over again. It's not that what I initially got into Romans wasn't there anymore. It was still that we respond to God by offering everything to him. That's our act of worship. But what I saw was how what I'd been thinking on for this message all fit in there. 
I had in mind uh, Psalm chapter 1, where it talks about being planted uh, in God's word. I had in mind Psalm 119, which we will look at in just a second. I had in mind the verses that we talked about before. And then I read these verses. And what I loved back when I was 18 was still there. And yet, God wanted to say something to me that fit much better with Psalm 119 as the mirror by which to look at Romans 12. Let me read Psalm 119 for you, and maybe you'll see it too. He says, I have stored up your word in my heart. This is verse 11, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way in which, or in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And as I looked at Romans 12 in light of those verses, I thought, man, I still need to respond with this act of worship. But what I need is not what I want. It's not the radio in my ear telling me what to do in every moment. I don't need Jesus to appear in front of me and tell me, hey, Dan, don't eat that whole bag of Cheetos. That's not good for you. Hey, Dan, don't screw up your kids like this in that moment. Hey, Dan, don't do this. Instead, what I need to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, what being a living sacrifice looks like to me is doing what this message is all about. It is returning to this book and listening through that for the voice of God, to what he might be whispering to me. Imagine if I put these words in Psalm 119 into practice, would I then be able to do what Romans is describing? Would I then be fully living out being a living sacrifice? That's what God whispered to me as I returned to Romans chapter 12. And that's the kind of stuff that God can do as we dwell in his word. 18-year-old me never would have seen that. He would have been like, great, if I offer my body as a living sacrifice, if I become a pastor, then I'll always do what God wants me to do and everything will be great. (laughs) That is not true. In fact, one guy said, "If, if you can be happy doing anything else, please don't be a pastor because that's not what God's calling you to do. But if I were to apply this now, it's because I, I went back. Does that make sense? If we dwell in God's word, he can speak to us and whisper to us in ways that we never would have seen when we go there for the first time. And so I don't know if that's a message uh, that someone here needed to hear. I don't know if that's something that, that someone online needed to hear, but that's what God had to whisper to me, that the more I store up his word, the more I meditate on his truth, the more I delight in what he loves, the easier it will be for me to hear his whispers. Now, I could go on, I could list more examples, but I hope what has been clear uh, to us uh, tonight as we share this message and to you listening online is that God has spoken through scripture, that God does speak through scripture and that scripture can be a filter for us to hear the voice of God inside it and wherever we may encounter it. And so as followers of Jesus, I just want to encourage us kind of in bullet point form to do these three things that we need to listen through scripture to understand. Uh, What I don't want and one of my fears is that you'll hear here is that whatever God says to you in scripture is valid. Uh, That's not what I'm saying. Context matters. What God said to the original hearers matters. Understanding this book matters. But once we do, We can then use that to help us understand more of who God is, more of what God is saying to us, more of who we are. What God is whispering is rarely brand new. Often he said it to someone else before. 
The second is that we listen through scripture to set guardrails, as we've referenced several times, to set that filter so that what we hear, we can say, this is God, or this is definitely not God, because it doesn't fit with what he said in the past, what he said in this book, what he has clearly said through scripture. Scripture can set as a way for us to distinguish our shepherd's voice because we can hear his words therein. And then number three is, is we listen to be changed. We listen with that soft heart. We approach this book saying, God, I'm not perfect yet. I don't do a great job being that living sacrifice. I don't always be transformed and understand what your will is, but I'm coming here to get better. I meditate on your word. I get in this book to be more like the image of your son. Whisper to me through. You know, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says this, the one who has ears better listen. That sounds more like the tone I take with the middle schoolers when we meet in this room, right? That's a little close to shouting for me. And yet Jesus says that, but a few verses later, he whispers something that I think all of us need to hear. He doesn't stop there, but he says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, that's a word I needed to hear as I listened through God's word this season. I wanna challenge all of us This Lent, we're going to do a Bible reading through the book of Luke. Join us in that. We're going to do it through the Bible.com. There'll be an easy way for you to engage in it. Take up that challenge and let's listen together for what God might be whispering. Uh, And if you don't have a Bible, if you're listening and you don't have a Bible, send me an email, dan at emmanuel.church. We'll get you a Bible so that you can take this and you can hear from God through it. I don't know what whispers God is trying to say to each of us in this room. Maybe it's whispers to remember who God has shown himself to be in the past. Maybe it's whispers to remember what God has done. Or whispers that give hope in what God can and will do. Or maybe it's whispers about who you are. But know that the one whispering is the one who says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, are you willing to listen to God's whispers in these next few weeks? I hope you choose yes. And I can't wait to hear what God's going to whisper to both of us. Jesus, I ask that you would help us to listen. God, give us ears to hear. God, may we enter into your word with hearts that are ready and humble. May we listen more and more for the voice of the shepherd. May you be glorified by all of it as we become more and more like your son. In Jesus' name, amen.